Hello, planet Earth! Here is your host, Daniel Shivinsky, and we have just received a new sonic transmission from the Infiverse, or Multiverse, if you prefer to call it that way. You are listening to the very first episode of Infimensions podcast, recorded in London on December 14th, 2017, right after the Gemini Matter shower, and for the sake of synchronicity, my 26th birthday. On the same day, I've launched Patreon page to bring Infimensions closer to you. Patreon is essentially a membership platform that helps creating a meaningful bridge between creators and people who want to support their work through monthly micro-donations. I feel it is a great opportunity for giving in both directions, so I created special rewards for you guys, including regular updates from my art and podcast creative process, private access to some exclusive contents and my sketchbook, bonus tracks, free downloads and lots of other magic. For more information go to patreon.com slash or find the link in the description below. Every bit counts and your support is deeply appreciated. So, thank you for tuning in, let me just quickly check if coordinates are correct and let's dive into the conversation. I am honored to introduce my first guest, a visionary artist, Leilush. Hello Leila and welcome to the podcast. Hello Daniel. It's amazing to uh, to have you as a first guest because uh, we met this summer and we had an amazing connection and uh, we both do similar things in the visual art sense. And I lived for some time at your place just to give the context to the listeners. So I kind of uh, dived deeper into your life. I saw your studio, I saw your works. Uh, all your paintings in your place and I was at uh, your exhibition a few days ago later on we can uh, talk a bit more about that uh, maybe we can just start simply by letting you introduce yourself wow that's great <laughs> absolutely um, first of all I really want to say thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk and to listen so thank you for that um, I'm Leilush and I currently live and work in London as a visual artist. Mm. My works include mixed media paintings and prints, mixed media prints and illustrations and all the things in between that I could actually manage to do <laughs> at the moment of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it about basic inst- introduction. Mm. Uh, what was your first encounter with uh, art in in your past? Like, can you try to visualize or remember that moment and uh, share with us? Yeah, the first time I remember that I had an encounter with art. Actually, I discovered this like two years ago. That I my, the first time I had my encounter, because in the previous interview that somebody did for me, I had said it was my grandfather who set up an easel in the garden and in my birthday party we were all kind of painting with oils on the canvas and yeah that was my first encounter but two years ago I found a piece of drawing that I've made in 1991 which is two years after I was born and it's just a little drawing of a bee and it's on a calendar with the date it was made and everything so it shows 91 and it was framed and it was in a house of a family member 
So I just realized I cannot recall the experience of making it, but yeah, that's my piece is with the, this animal spirit of bee showing from really early age and with my name under it. So I think that was my first encounter. Beautiful. Nice yeah. one. Um, we are looking at your website, uh, leilouche.com, and uh, we see many animal paintings inspired by the animals and uh, mushrooms. So can you tell us more about your inspiration for art creation? Yeah, now I'm looking. It's a lot of animal spirits and fungus. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, my main inspiration has been... Um, actually kind of uh, various things for the mediums I choose to do and the subjects I choose to do. The subjects are including mostly natural things like animal spirits and medicinal plants and patterns occurring in nature and bubbles and flowers and yeah, lots of natural elements and symbols. And then there is the process of the paintings, which includes the um, action of layering and how you use um, time and about the process and the process of life. So the subject is quite natural and then there is the process, which is quite like layering, layering, layering. And yeah, so it's the marriage of both <laughs> kind of for the inspiration. Mm -hmm. I feel your art is uh, pretty visionary. It it can be categorized as visionary art. And uh, I'm very curious because uh, from our talks, from our earlier talks, I, I found out that we are in a similar situation and uh, that being a full-time artist and being a kind of freelancer and uh, working on different projects and trying to live from art can you tell us more how is it to be an artist in London and uh, how's the scene like and uh, what are all the challenges or struggles or all the beautiful things? Can you just give us all the things you feel about it? Yeah, I'm really smiling as you're asking this question. <laughs> yeah. I want you guys to know it's like really um, a full body power experience, like all the way mm. with all the elements of um, being an artist in such a big city with uh, lots of other artists and other mediums and emotions and lots of different stuff. I was thinking that it could be, it's quite challenging mm -hmm. and it's quite like full time on, like, so it's not like, you know how it is all the time kind of working and kind of my, having your mind there. So quite switched on and stuff. The, the scene the scene in London the art scene yeah we've been at your exhibition uh, well the the group exhibition that you took part in uh, and there were some uh, some other artists so what is the how is the scene like here so I can see that a lots of people are trying to do lots of different things mm -hmm. around me uh, not in a way that they cannot channel themselves to one thing but just kind of finding themselves doing multi things at the same time uh, for example one of the painters I met he's an oil painter he also does commissions he's also doing workshops and like oil painting workshops mm -hmm. and he's also doing one-to-one -one classes and 
So I can see that he's already doing three, four, five different things, like myself and like yourself. Not meaning that we're multitasking at all points, but just one after another, giving it kind of time and space to be able to survive in kind of a city setting. And there's lots of us, which is kind of... Um, some people think it's competitive, but actually I think it's quite nice because we're all there to kind of support each other and yeah, let each other grow and show each other's... like bring out each other's potentials and work together. And it's a nice thing that we're many in the city. Yeah. So we can merge our talents and collaborate and, you know, all these beautiful things that we can do together. So um, about the art scene in London, I mean, it's so active. There's so much going on. You can always catch something to do, a new exhibition or mm -hmm. also lots of underground things going on. Like, for example, we had um, a performance show a month ago. You were there and uh, yeah the jazz uh, improvised jazz with improvised live art through the transparent perspex canvas like so there's like all colors of things happening and you can really experiment kind of what you want to experiment mm. with you have the platform for that yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nice for that yeah for me uh, that's the main reason why I came here is because of you because of Tolga because of many other friends just to come here meet with you and collaborate and uh, join forces be, be creative uh, by just uh, interacting and uh, you know and I'm also curious about what are what are all these little tasks that every artist has to do to to be able to survive in terms of Presenting the work, doing the marketing, networking, uh, connecting with uh, everyone, with curators, with uh, audience. Uh, and then how much time is actually left to produce art, to create and express. So I'm sure you also have uh, you made a time, really good time, ma time management challenges and all this. Yeah, it's a really good point to talk about, actually. Yeah. Uh, I do want to sound euphoric and mm -hmm. kind of um, encourage anybody that is an artist to get this like full-time artist job and just be more and merrier. But the fact that you practice art and rely on that to survive in this environment is means that, like you were talking about, there's lots and lots of different tasks, for example... As simple as we're looking at my website and I've needed to upload, upgrade my upload and <laughs> upgrade my website in the last three or four months since before the summer. Yeah, new, wor new works should new be New works should be there. Yeah. There are so many things missing. And however, it's, it still looks nice, but it's kind of missing 50% of my new stuff and like the exhibitions I've been a part of, mm -hmm. maybe a new artist statement, maybe um, more additions to my shop where I is a platform on internet where I sell stuff, maybe add new things to my Etsy shop mm -hmm. and also maybe do something like uh, your Patreon. Yeah. Um, am I saying it right? Yeah, Patreon, page, Patreon, yeah. Patreon, sorry, uh, which is an amazing platform to also support yourself as an artist. So there is all these key elements that we can do to make everything kind of more supportive. But mm -hmm. as you said, the time is not enough. So we have to just take take it like consistent work like all the time and there is sometimes no such thing as weekends or evenings so 
however we do get to experience to leave to another place when it's time and necessary maybe like a job abroad or something we're more flexible mm -hmm. than other people who you know works at nine to five <laughs> jobs or yeah <laughs> so lots of things little things yeah this reminded me of uh, my father saying once uh, great Danny you are doing what you love you are traveling a lot amazing but you do you you work 16 hours a day and I stopped and I, I thought for a <laughs> second and sometimes it's true you know I do invest a lot of energy into this and sometimes it's even meaning being antisocial <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read a fragment of your artist statement from your website. We learn through our experiences, habits and patterns. We are intelligent beings who can work out what is constructive and what is destructive just through observations and meditations. Can you tell me more about this statement? Yes, of course I can. Actually, this um, statement to me sounds like equals human or even origami because it sounds like kind of folding the patterns in the right place and knowing that if you do it, so it moves out properly and it has the right action. So this is really wow. abstract version of like this again. And yeah, um, I was actually inspired for this by another friend also named Danny, who is a really professional origami maker. And he makes these modular fractals of origamis. I mean, I've never seen something like that. It's really cool. And he was just like, we were just having like a walk and this abstract thought about human beings and that we are kind of like, we yeah. are intelligent beings. And the reason for that is because we're able to choose from patterns, the ones that work and don't work. So this is why we're kind of intelligent. So there's no point in kind of getting stagnant and not changing, better keep on moving and learning and expanding and transforming. And also, this is reflective in the process of how I make the mixed media paintings. I'm particularly referring to the mixed media paintings because I'm kind of repeating similar patterns, but always giving it a new improved version from the last one. Nice. Like even if it's a minor detail that I spot in the previous one, I kind of perfection it in, in my own way. You know, it's never perfect, but in my own way for the next one. And the patterns are repetitive throughout most of the pieces. I've used similar patterns, as you can see as well on the website. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the connection with the statement. Good question. What materials you use for your paintings? Because you say it's mixed media. Yeah, sure. What, what kind of things you use? Um, I use, um, as paint, I use mostly acrylics and uh, I also use lots of different acrylic mediums. My favorite one is the silk screen print medium that I mixed with the paint in the end. And I kind of give a big layer, like a layer over the whole image in the end, and I mix it with that. Then I use markers, varnish, I do my own stencils, mm, gold dust sometimes. Sometimes they're on found wood, which is like kind of this element I really like to play with like mm -hmm. recycled stuff and tape and yeah like all the things that I can kind of get around to create kind of a texture and layer I remember you showed me this little silver 
necklaces with some sacred geometry patterns and your own designs how how you did you make them and can you tell me more about the collaboration with this uh, of course people? yeah i have one on with me now um okay to be honest this uh, piece um the, the vision piece the one with the eye um it's like a little circular yeah it's a circular mandala kind of a project that was a collaboration of multiple artists and my friend in turkey uh lucky culture kind of um asked us to do a mandala for her jewelry set that's called 360 degrees collection the mm. mandala series so it was really nice because she asked me a couple of times but i was not able to produced the work and I was then randomly, not randomly, you know, coincidentally and not coincidentally, I was after a medicinal uh, plant ceremony, happened to be meeting her and she asked me to make a mandala for her thing. And I was, of course, full of uh, energy to draw mm. because I had a really, yeah, kind of ceremony and I ha I was kind of you know, really into the visuals of it, of the medicinal plant and getting lots of visions. And in the morning when she asked me, I saw it like an opportunity to kind of transfer this like kind of knowledge or vision, visual and create something for her with this, that it could be really spread out to lots of people because she's got a couple of little shops in Istanbul. And I also happen to have some here in London and also online it's available. So basically it's a nice kind of way to spread this little pattern that came to me. And um, actually this was just all before um, I started to sell my stuff around, like uh, my jewelry. Mm -hmm. So this kind of unlocked the gates for me to sustain myself even more in the city. So, so it was really positive, like it's just like lots of positive things about it came after that. It was my first thing that I made that could be, yeah, around for lots of different kinds of people, not for only people that are interested in visionary art or psychedelic art, but also like all kinds of people. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, that's really nice that art can find uh, different mediums, different ways to uh, to the people so that they can experience art on jewelry, on t-shirts, uh, as a print somewhere, you know, art is kind of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Um, so you mentioned medicinal plants and um, I would love to share with everyone the, the moment uh, we had together on Modern Festival this year this summer in Croatia when we met uh, the spirit of Sananga it uh, comes from a plant from Amazonian forest and uh, it's in a form of a eye drop and meeting spirit of Sananga for me personally is the highlight of all of the whole summer including all the things that happened and nice experiences Sananga is the highlight and I would uh, give the context so the sananga drops are uh, the, the indians in the amazon they they believe the eyes are the window of the soul and that um, throughout our life many things that we've seen are kind of stored uh, 
in this area of the eye uh, that could include happy things and uh, traumatic things, many different things. And then when you have a drop of sananga in each of your eyes, you you kind of clean that that history, clean that and uh, sharpen the vision and uh, refresh your your view and. Uh, so it was, as you remember, it was pretty intense for us to receive mm -hmm. drop of Sananga for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. And just for a disclaimer, it's nothing psychedelic, it's just an eye drop. Yeah, it's totally medicinal um, yeah. and it's not psychoactive at no, all no. or nothing about it. It just burns a lot, but it's um, something that you can definitely handle and... Um, yeah, would you like me to share my experience, yeah, how I totally, felt during totally. the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I would like to say kind of a before and after. So before I was... my, The reason why it came up, I think that both our eyes were quite tired and we were mentioning that we're kind of mm, having some kind of vision and then our friends happened to arrive with this, uh, you know, special magic... Uh, not magic in terms of psychedelic, but like magic healing root of a plant that's made into a drop mm -hmm. and that, yes, it burns a lot. So just kind of breathe into it and receive it and, you know, go with it. And we were both courageous and, you know, yes, we like this kind of stuff. So we say yes. And then did you go first or did I go first? I don't remember. I think I went first. And then <laughs> anyways, um, the experience uh, before, yeah, I was having kind of on a physical level, discomfort in my eyes from lots of dust and just feeling tired and burning and, uh, you know, lots of heat and uh, maybe not also sleeping enough. So immediately the physical before and after math of the drop yeah. was that it just kind of refreshed and cleaned my eyes and just um, connecting with the spiritual bridge of also kind of healing my vision in a way that maybe all the impurities that I was seeing on people before or the, my surrounding, to be honest, like... I was tired and I was maybe feeling all this kind of different emotions and even almost going to like kind of minor judgments. And then after receiving the drops on the spiritual level, my kind of uh, feelings about things were cleared and I was more accepting feeling that I was more accepting towards my surroundings. And yeah, so this is kind of uh, my um, take on the drop. But yeah, I've, I connected with it more in a spiritual way. Yeah. And on the physical level, there was also differences. So it was quite magic in terms of that. Mm. And I remember that you guys have to hold me down because I resisted in the burning in the beginning and I <laughs> thought it was going to be worse than it is. But that actually, it was a really relieving pain. And once you breathe into it, you just kind of focus and, you know, and then kind mm. of awaken almost, like with more clarity. So some of the medicinal herbs from different countries around the world can actually do that. It's not only these drops. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, and basically it's just a couple of minutes of burning. I, I, I visualized in that moment that there are two dragon heads spitting fire onto my eyeballs <laughs> really hot. But the thing is you should surrender and... I mean, it's you taking it at your own risk anyways. Mm. Um, and there are some examples that Sananga actually healed some of the eye diseases. And uh, it has to do with uh, psychosomatic thing, which is when the disease, it's kind of transmitted from psyche into the physical body. 
So Sananga has to do with that bridge also to clean it mm-hmm. so that then from the spiritual point to the physical it's clean. Yeah. It's kind of mystical and uh, I'm sure the whole Infimensions podcast is going to be pretty mystical. That's why <laughs> we kind of touched this topic and I really love it for yeah. that. And uh, yeah, maybe next question could be what is your perception or what is your feeling of the universe? So, you know, you have some knowledge from science, you have some experiences in your life and you must have constructed the feeling, you know, not constructed, but have the feeling of, of the universe or multiverse or like, how do you feel it? Can you try and visualize what is beyond the planet Earth? What a question. Wow. It's a really like uh, really vast i can yeah. approach it from many <laughs> topics but like the first thing that pops into my mind just this kind of thing about the universe is i really feel like um as simple as it doesn't so it's very mysterious and because it just doesn't know and it's even though it has a whole very intelligent way of working i'm not talking about that i'm talking more about the fact that it's finding about itself through us so it's also a discovery and i mean yeah that's kind of what i feel about that question particularly without going into a particular direction hmm. you know i but you can ask me more questions i think <laughs> please because i'm like a... yeah when you say the universe is experiencing itself through us uh, i find the mirror to be a very good tool for that. Sometimes eye gazing with yourself into your single eye, you know, kind of yeah. half an hour, 45 minutes of meditation inside your eye. It's actually the same thing, you know, this consciousness and this attention is in your eye and it's closing the thing. So that's, you're looking the universe, you know, you're looking into the universe. Yeah. Same happens, of course, with people, with others, eye gazing. So each other. I propose you to look to, to all the listeners, to look people in the eyes. Yes. This is the way to connect. This is the way to share this whole thing. This, this is actually a very collective experience through a subjective point, point of view, yeah. I would love to make a um, kind of a mirror installation project with you just speaking yeah. about this now and speaking of collaborating and just because we have this previous insights to the space blanket project kind yeah. of thing <laughs> which uh, so just some kind of project with refle- reflective material kind of allowing people to as you said eye gaze gaze into themselves mm-hmm. but also on another note, while I'm doing this interview with you and yeah. looking at your eyes, I also feel like this kind of whole portal into the soul. And I think I can look wherever else in your body, but it will never be the same as looking into the eyes because it's such a, a vast world. And maybe we can even another thing for the people yeah. could be even just spend more time into look at each other's eyes yeah. and kind of. communicate or contact but without the physical needs just kind of of speaking or of action but just kind of feel each other more yeah and this is for the whole city 
Yeah. I want to say it for this whole city and all the other big cities of the world. Yeah. And yeah. Of the whole world. The whole world. Of the whole, <laughs> whole multiverse. And the universe. <laughs> yes, multiverse. Including all the aliens, all the other species. And astronauts and... <laughs> stargates. Everything. Galaxies. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my intention for, for the whole podcast was to try and dive deeper into these topics. Um... And do you have any personal ritual that you kind of practice every day or once in a while or as part of your art process or life process? Yes, yeah, so I have a couple of different rituals that I practice for my process of art and also kind of life daily rituals. I like to really wake up and kind of have like 10-15 minutes to myself and meditation or something listen to my body's needs that day and how I feel and just have that time so I can have the bridge between dreaming and awaking you know so I have that little ritual and then that's really nice time for me to adopt to the day's tasks and things I have to do and not have to do I would like to do and um also face kind of the challenges that come with the day but just connecting back with the previous one of the previous questions you asked the Mm -hmm. statement uh, of the fact that we learn through different patterns and we're intelligent beings because we're able to choose between patterns so I would like to connect that with the practice of meditation and also rituals that we kind of um when we keep our meditation and practices, whatever we choose that to be, whatever ritual we choose that to be for ourselves, we can kind of access a more intelligent self where we can really see what works and what doesn't work. And we can leave the things that doesn't work behind and carry on with the things that work and transform them and change them around to the way it fits us the best health-wise and also... um, also spiritually kind of because like the work is on ourselves first and then that will be a part of the collective work it's on ourselves so keeping it with the meditation or whatever works for you for whoever is important to keep it consistent and this kind of patterns in the arts so they come up with this and going to the rituals for example in the rituals of medicinal plants or ceremonies um I think it's also quite important to kind of clear and purify before and as much as it's important to clear or purify before a big project coming up. So just kind of spending the time to ease into the process and for example sometimes diet with food, uh, like apply a diet before ceremonies or before rituals or able to be able to apply a diet when we feel ill from something or sick from something kind of really take the time for ourselves to heal ourselves you know because the the thing is like everything can go pretty fast in this environment so it's important to do the daily practices consistently and also one more thing about the animal spirit healing um i would like to mention that all these animals that i paint they kind of have these healing properties so when they come up or if you see yourself identified with that certain animal they have different meanings and they can be kind of assisting you throughout the way of your process. 
So they will show up in different places and uh, kind of spontaneously in your life and you can definitely benefit from their characteristics. For example, just a brief example, like if you see a spider, you could, everybody has their own interpretations, but I see it as like building a web, like architecture, constructing a web and connection. So maybe I can see myself in a crowded, busy place in an exhibition creating a web or maybe starting a, a new project and then expanding it with different artists so this kind of structural improvement so yeah you can that's <laughs> it basically nice and uh, at your place uh, all around in your studio and in your in your flat i've seen a lot of crystals and even now uh, around this sound recorder we <laughs> we we put it like five crystals yeah. uh, some of yours some of mine to kind of embed the energy so I know that both of us believe in the power of the crystals and uh, and you just gave me one crystal today for for the birthday yeah <laughs> um, what is this for can you tell it more? of course so I will just I would just like to just mention the crystals that we have next to the microphone really briefly and just kind of <laughs> yeah. see what kind of um, <laughs> energy we've got here with, in the room with us. So we're starting with a green emerald, which is completely kind of uh, balancing love and, you know, carrying you along the way with love. We've got the black tourmaline, which is kind of protection of uh, negative energies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've got the opalite, which is, I'm not very sure about, it's kind of grounding and calming. So again, I'm not a crystal healer. I'm just an visual enthusiast. artist and I love crystals crystal enthusiast <laughs> crystal, yeah totally crystal enthusiast so that's it and we've got a Mer Merlinite that's your birthday present yeah. today and Thank I found you. that appropriate with you for you I didn't find it appropriate for you I think it found itself appropriate for you and it used me to bring it to you <laughs> kind of feeling and it's a it's known to be a quite shamanic crystal and is also known to kind of have this um ancestral is that right ancestral shamanic knowledge and kind of um so you can tap into it and when you want to use it it will be able to bring you into a deeper side of your higher self where you may encounter with the dark and that's okay yeah. because in all light there is dark and in all dark there is light and this is the the way it goes so it's a kind of a crystal of duality mm -hmm. and um i th i found this appropriate for you because i think you're like It's really positive, and I think um, you're going to be a really good, not good, but uh, kind of a, you're going to hold this crystal quite well, and I think you're going to access some knowledge with meditating with it. And I, I think it's quite like it wanted to find you kind of situation. Mm. And the next Thank one you. is a... Thank yes, you very much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and the last one is? Oh, yeah, is a Labradorite. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. We've got a nice selection. Yeah, I actually had this idea to make a like a crystal belt, to have it as a belt and have little pockets for like twelve crystals or something like that, and have have them with me. So that's a project for next year. That's a year. pretty good idea. Yeah. I would like one if possible. Yeah, we can just make one. Yeah. For you, yeah, sure. And to finish our our conversation. Um, I'm just going to ask you the last question about visions of the future. How do you feel the future? Uh, how do you project yourself somehow into that time frame? Mm -hmm. um, 
And do you have any message for the listeners? Thank you, Danny. Thank you for your time and for you know taking the time to actually ask me about all these questions that I'm really happy to have a voice about and be able to express to, to more people. And yeah, I just want to say I'm really grateful for that. And in the future, I have like... Um, it's kind of hard to see the future sometimes uh, in terms of when we are so want to, wanting to be in the moment. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. That's what I yeah. was uh, hesitating. No, that's what I was uh, having kind of hard time to ask you this question. It's a hard question. Because I always, you know, try yeah. to sync with the moment. But this was just kind of visionary question yes. about the future. Okay, so I have some visions. That yeah. I, that's a hard question. However, I do have some visions and about my future as um, how I can be kind of useful. Because I kind of see myself, I visualize it as useful in terms of maybe kind of helping to make a change, mm -hmm. a good change. Being the change. Being the change, yeah. setting the change, working for the change, whatever. All these things to do with, you know, supporting the process of change for the better with all kinds of actions that I have to do with myself. But I also, see, for some reason right now, I'm connecting with the vision of like kind of education slash motivational and kind of encouragement and I didn't know that I was going to answer this to that question because I didn't feel it before. Mm -hmm. You know, I can name you the next projects I have like in the physical world, next commissions and you know, all these things. But for some reason right now I'm getting in touch with this kind of, um, yeah, motivational and educational aspect of the vision of my future. Mm -hmm. So I think however medium that this is going to come in, whether it's working with other artists, whether it's going to volunteer at a school, volunteer somewhere where it's needed. So you want to teach? Well, not necessarily. Let's... Maybe not have be a teacher, but kind of uh, maybe wor work on a project of awareness, maybe work on something. Like, that's what I'm feeling right now in this moment, in this second. And that was, I was not planned. Mm -hmm. That was not planned <laughs> before <laughs> at all. Nice. So, yeah, I'm just feeling that now. And also, like, another part of me that I want to kind of mm, get more in touch with uh, some live and improvised things like, you know, different kind of performances, live art performances with a concept for the change. Yeah. Nice. So thank you. That's... Do you have any message that you want to send to the, to the listeners? Yeah, I would like to say it's going to sound really fluffy. <laughs> I would like to say really keep with the love and support each other and share the skills and accept. That's it. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for this beautiful talk. Uh, I even found out some things that I didn't know about you, which is amazing, um, which has which is somehow connected with the with the quote I really like saying um, by having conversations with each other, we are having a conversation with ourselves. So keep keep making conversations and uh, keep sharing, keep uh, expressing your spirits. Um, Can I add something, Daniel? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I would just like to say that you also um, 
carry on with these podcasts and it's really something great that you're doing because it's really important for us as are as artists to be listened to and to have a voice and to kind of get the insights to the process because there is lots of layers into the things we do and it's kind of really gives me like um, kind of an importance so I just want to say I'm really grateful like today on your birthday that you decide to start your first podcast ever and you know including me and I know you've got another one coming up in London before you leave back to yeah. the Balkans <laughs> so um, already I'm excited to hear your second one and also to get to have more insights into different people that share similarities with me and or not and get to know about the new stuff that I don't know yet so it's going to be like a whole new interesting process for us listeners to go through and guests to go through because you also challenged me in a way to really connect with my natural self without the um, makeup so I just want to say thank you for the opportunity like really really thank you yeah welcome and thank you for being honest and yeah. sharing <laughs> sharing your life your your moment before we end the transmission i'd like to send a shout out to eta eleonora liparotti who broke the ice and was first to join the tribe on patreon in less than two hours after launching thank you for your support and welcome to the tribe special thanks to stefanos garbi also known as san anga who was very kind to help me with the sound design of the podcast check out his freshly released debut ep lucid states of dreaming you can grab a copy on his Bandcamp either as a free download or donation and that's all for now until next time lovely spirits enjoy your moments in love and presence merry cosmos and happy no fear